0: to a brand new week of Trail Talk SA, and what a week it has been, eh? Talking about last weekend, the Sky Run uh, up in Lesotho, and uh, yeah, uh, what a crazy, crazy race. We've chatting all about it on this week's episode of Trail Talk SA. We are into episode 16, and before we get into who is who on the show today, I mentioned last week uh, that one of the ways we get word out on these podcasts is by using the iTunes store. and uh, Obviously, the more uh, reviews and ratings we get on the iTunes platform, the better it is for the show. And I want to thank Philip Gibb for leaving a five-star rating, as well as a review saying, Local is lacquer. Love to hear from local heroes and local events. Trail running rocks. This podcast is awesome, must be a lot of work. Philip, uh, yeah, it is a lot of work, but it's good fun putting it together, uh, and I'm really, really glad that you enjoy it. If you do listen on the iTunes platform, please do exactly what Philip uh, did and leave us uh, a rating and a review. It just helps us grow this podcast, and it allows more people to discover it. Coming up on this week's show chatting all about last week's very eventful Skyrun. And I caught up with one of the event organizers, Adrian Saffi, to find out exactly what happened on the mountain and uh, what led to the race being called off. The weather conditions, by all accounts, were horrific. Uh, And, yeah, I think uh, they ended up making a wise call, did uh, the guys from Skyrun. Also caught up with Andrew Mackay, who was running, uh, was out on course when the race was called off. Got his perspective. And then also touch base with Natalie Romeo, who finished fourth in the ladies' race when the race called off uh, and chatted to her a little bit about her experience as well. So yeah, that's all coming up on this week's show. As always, if you want to tweet us, you can at TrailTalk SA. You can also podcast uh, email rather podcast at trailtalksa.co.c. Or if you'd like, you can Facebook us. Just look us up, Trail Talk SA on Facebook. It's as easy as that to be in touch. Let's get straight into this week's show. Well, I've been following it on the social media networks uh, over the last few days. And by all accounts, uh, the Skyrun was hectic uh, this year. And I thought I'd catch up with one of the organizers, Adrian Safi uh, from Pure Adventures. Adrian, thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. A uh, bit of a crazy race this year.
1: Yeah, Brad, it, it was definitely... Um, we knew we were in for a bit of um, weather. We we, we warned we the wanted athletes prior to that, that, that. You know, the weather reports were predicting... Um, Rain and with that comes the, the, the cloud and, 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 and the poor visibility. But, um, we also had reports that the weather would be clearing up. And actually on the day, it looked like it was starting to clear up, but then all hell broke loose. And then, you know, the universe just um, gave us a clock on the side of the face and <laughs> we were, we were pummeled with 100 kilometer an hour winds with, with ice rain that was where there was eating you know, us. At 90 degree angle, it felt like you'd be, sh- you'd been shot with like a thousand little BBs out of BB guns. And there was just nowhere to hide. And, um, yeah, it created, it created a, quite a, quite a serious situation on the mountain. And, and they, they, for the first time in the history that I've been running, running this event, um, we had to call the event just for the safety of, of athletes. And, you know, when we made that call, that's when the logistical nightmare started happening because we had to get guys off the mountains. We, we got a couple of contingency plans on the route because it is such a remote area where we can get guys down to basic farmhouses at the bottom and, 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 and shelter. But you know, these 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 emergency routes are also like a four, or five hour hike in some in some instances. So, you know, um yeah it was it, I think it was every race organizer's nightmare but also we we, we passed through with flying colours and every single person got off that mountain um, safely and um, yeah, we were blessed. Um, I think there was this, we were all blessed, and it was, it was a little bit of a miracle that that, that, that there was no serious um, serious injuries
0: out there. Yeah, Adrian. I mean, you, you talk about having the contingency plans in place, and and it's like it's it's always a worst case scenario when you are putting putting an event on like this. and, and you know what, the elements it's one of those things you can't really predict it or you can't change it. And it must have been really difficult to make that call to say, you know what, it's just not safe. We need to call this thing off.
1: You know what, Brad? Um, we are, we are, we are hosting one of the world's toughest, toughest uh, mountain runs. It is recognized as, 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 as a, as a really extreme event. You know, the route is unmarked. It's over 100 kilometers. We're at high altitude. We're very, very remote. So, you know, this is the bull that uh, this event is. So it's, it's not just a question of the night before it's going to rain a little bit. Let's call the race because athletes come there prepared for severe conditions. So we, at race briefing, you know, we told the guys, we said, listen, you know, this is the situation out there and that we would make the call on the mountain because um conditions could have got better, but unfortunately this year they got worse. And, you know, just from all the, the years of experience of 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 being in those mountains and seeing the athletes that were around me and seeing their condition, I radioed to my partner Mike, and threw out to our marshals and said, listen, you know, the situation is, 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 now becoming life threatening. Um, we have to call it. And then, you know, we made the call and we stopped all the athletes as they came to, through to the next checkpoints and, and, and just got the down to safety. But saying that almost 90% of the guys did get through to the 65k mark on their own account. And, and you know, if it wasn't for the athletes being prepared, number one, and, 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 and being geared, for, for these extremities, we would have had big problems because then we only had to take care of a handful of athletes that were, that were really in trouble. The majority of the athletes took care of themselves, and and for that we we're truly grateful. And it just shows you the caliber of the guys that enter our events. Um, it, 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 it's, it's great for us, and you know you only see that in in cases of emergency. Normally, and and you know that that this was a blessing for us as well. That the guards were prepared and they didn't panic and. They looked after themselves and got themselves
0: to safety. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it must be a hell of a difficult call to make. And, and you're so right as well. I mean, it is an extreme event, and the guys do come prepared. Uh, I mean, from the athlete's point of view, I mean, there was obviously a disappointment. But I, overall, I think, I mean, what I've seen, the guys really understood that it was a call that needed to be made. I mean, the last thing you want to do is to keep them out there that long. Then someone dies, and then it's too late. And uh, I, I think you guys did a, a really good thing this weekend.
1: Yeah, Brad, you know what? Guys that take part in events like that, they've got this never say die attitude. And unless we week, called that a race, they would have carried on until it was too late, because that's just the nature of the being. That's just, that's just what they've got in them. Um, you know, one of the, one of the top trail runners in South Africa at the moment, AJ College. um, he, 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 he knew that he couldn't carry on. But because he didn't want to have it, did not finish behind his name. He put on his shoes and he was about to go out and recall the race. And he, for that he was thankful. He knew he was in trouble, but that, that, that competitive nature, that, 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 um, that driving force, that, that, that drives athletes that take part in these, these extreme events, it doesn't allow them, they don't allow themselves to show weakness, to feel, to, to feel pain. So for us as race organizers, we had to call it because those guys would have carried on until, until they dropped. That's just how, that's just their, their, their the character. And, um, I think at the end of the day, everyone, was actually relieved that we call it that we actually took that decision out of their hands, and um, I think we, we made the right call. It was a difficult call to make, but in the circumstances
0: it was actually a very easy call to make absolutely Adrian for for people who might be listening to this that don't know too much about uh, the sky run in, in here in South Africa, tell us a little bit about the race. how long has it been going and 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 if, if people are interested in maybe looking at next year's race what what uh, what can they expect
1: yeah it's a it's a hundred kilometer race that we start off in Lady Grey. It's, um, it's a high-altitude mountain run. The route is unmarked, so you've got to navigate. You are allowed to use GPS units. You have to pass through nine checkpoints on the route. You have to be self-sufficient. So it's a really extreme, extreme event. Um, we do have a shorter version, the 65K. We jokingly call it the Skyrun light because it's by no means a light <laughs> it's, 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 it's It's really extreme in its own right. Um, and then we've got the full skyline, which is which is an We've got uh, almost five thousand meters of um, positive altitude gain. Um, so it is really a true test of character, test of courage. We do screen athletes wanting to do the full event before the time. They have to have some form of experience, and I think that our screening process also sure that this, this weekend went off without any serious injuries or, or fatalities. So it is, it is out there. You can find all our in, the information on our website at www.pureadventures.co.za and um, yeah, there's a gallery up there. There's, there's, there's a ton of videos on Vimeo and, and YouTube about the event. So um, anyone that's interested can go and do their homework and have a look at, at, at that and then, um, yeah, we would love to see you guys, but you must know that, 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 that is, this is a, a tough one. So come prepared, and 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 most importantly, don't 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 be skimpy on the safety gear. Uh, you know, trail runners wanted to carry as light as possible, but in conditions this weekend, I think I think this was a lesson to everyone that does that takes part in our sport um, that that safety comes first, so a all the gear that. The, the little extra bit of weight but know that you're going to be able to survive should conditions turn as bad as they did this weekend.
0: Yeah, Adrian, I think that's probably the biggest lesson that, that needs to come out of this thing, and it's not just for your event, it's for, for all trail running events. There are some really, really tough and extreme ones uh, here in South Africa and around the world, and and I think that is vital, that, that you're so right. People try and go as light as possible and, and get away with not carrying stuff, but you, you really need to have that worst-case scenario in the back of your head and and, and be prepared for all eventualities.
1: Definitely, Brad, you know, the bottom line is you have to respect life. And I think by, by, by taking things for granted, you're actually doing yourself an injustice. So rather be prepared for the worst. We are doing an extreme sport. Um, carry the gear and, 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 you know what? Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's your life that, that, that you, that you are, that are, you, you're safeguarding. And it is as serious as that. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you're talking about life, but things happen in an instant. And, um, Without the right gear, you can be in some serious trouble out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Adrian, what I'll do is I'll pop those links on our website, so if people want to link straight through, they can from this episode of Trail Talk SA. It's been awesome chatting. Congratulations once again this weekend. I know it's probably disappointing for you guys too having to to make that call, but I think you did make the right call at the right time, so well done.
1: Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it.
0: We'll be chatting this week extensively about uh, what happened at this past weekend's Sky Run. And I wanted to get to the take of a couple of athletes as well. And got one of them on the line, Andrew Mackay. Andrew, welcome on to Trail Talk SA. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us today. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Thanks for me, Andrew, I just wanted to touch base with you. I spoke to Adrian Safi. Uh, about the race being called off midway because of the weather conditions. From an athlete's perspective, you had signed up to do uh, the 100K. Tell tell me your experience of, of the race. I mean, waking up, seeing what the conditions were like. And you know what, we do, We all do trail, and we know that the sort of weather can change. But this one was quite hectic, wasn't it? Oh,
2: no, this was quite something special, eh? Um, yeah, the event started off raining. And um, so, you know, when, we st- when I started, I was prepared. Uh, the rain was pouring down. Um, and cleared up a little bit as we were going up to checkpoint one, but um, from after that, yeah, it was a little bit hazy. sort of, it was almost like I was in a movie for most of the day. Just, um, yeah, it was just a, a extremely strong wind and um, hail and the mist. Um, so, yeah, I just sort of took it very conservatively. Just sort of um, didn't try and just run. I was actually planning on running very slow, um, and um, yeah, I just took my time and. Yeah, you know, just ran pretty conservatively, just to conserve energy and just try and keep your wits about you.
0: It must be weird to be in that situation where you know this is like not the norm. That it's quite hectic out here, and that's one of the reasons why we do these sort of races is because we want to be challenged physically and mentally. But when did you start thinking? Hang on a sec. This this is getting just way out of hand. Yeah, I wasn't.
2: Um, I would say there was like one very intense. Yeah, um, part portion of the of the race where you have to um, go down on a very sort of narrow um, uh, ledge, and the wind was extremely strong in that place and there 's basically a fence running down the middle, and you had to ideally you wanted to be on the wind side of the fence because then at least you 've got the fence to stop you and but at one section you had to cross the fence and, and be on the other side, so you 've got the wind pushing you. I'm um, with a you know she drop below you, and that 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 was intense it it was a very short period um there was one foreigner in front of me who who sort of froze uh, and that's when I knew it was pretty serious because I had to you know sort of help him through um and just keep chatting to him but you could hardly speak to the guy you were basically screaming you know you we were nose to nose and uh, anyway, he got down, and then um I made my way down and that was the most hectic period where you know, it was very misty, extremely strong wind, and you know, going onto the other side of the fence, you you basically had to hold on to those strands of wire um,
0: wow.
2: because yeah, if if you if you slipped. In fact, in in some uh, maybe uh, ironically, the mist may have helped because it was so misty you couldn't actually see the drop. So perhaps mentally that might have helped a lot of people because I'm just wondering if they actually saw that, you know how how steep the drop was, they may have frozen more.
0: And it was, um, was was this your first one, or have you have you done one before?
2: No, this was my first one. So yeah, it was I was quite um, yeah I was looking for well I mean yeah it was a hell of a run and it was my first one. So I didn't really know how to gauge it, but as I say, I ran very conservatively. I you know, I didn't, uh, and that definitely helped me.
0: Gee, it sound, it sounds amazing. I mean, and chatting to Adrian, he was saying to us as well just how difficult it was from an organizer's perspective to make that call, because obviously uh, all the athletes have trained really hard for this thing. They've they've worked for months. They've planned. And there comes a time when you start going. You know what? We need to take the the athlete's sort of safety in, into account, and and we need to call it quits. And and from an athlete's point of view, I mean, when when you found out that they had had called the thing off, I mean, how did you feel at at the top there, where they went? You know what? That's it. We we have got to get you down off the mountain. Yeah, no, it's.
2: Um, I actually only found out about it when I got to Belloc at sixty five k's, I came in. So. I had my first initial response was a huge disappointment because I'd you know run conservatively and mentally I'd get myself up for the the final section, Um, but after that first initial period of disappointment, once I started listening to the other people's experiences and you know that then sort of common sense kicked in and I realised no it it was the right call, Um, so yeah I mean I I, my first couple of minutes afterwards I was gutted but. No, it, it was the right call. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, in a race like that, you almost have to, I don't know if it's the right term, but you've got to look at the weakest link. You've got to almost, the, the run is sort of, um, the event is around the weakest runners. And if those guys are really battling, you know, their safety comes first. And so uh, it was the right call.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's. I mean, I said it to Adrian as well, it, it's such a difficult and, and such a fine line to walk as well. I mean, you, you obviously want to keep the guys out there because that's why they've signed up is because it's it's tough and it's going to be hard. But it's such a fine line to walk because you, you don't want to push the boundary so far, all of a sudden you lose a runner, and then it's too late. So it, it's a difficult one, but I think they, they probably did the right thing, and everyone that I've spoken to saying they handled it really, really well. Yeah, no, it's a hell
2: of a tough call, um, and you're 100% right, I mean... Everyone trained hard. You know, you mentally, you geared up for it. But yeah, the, the, you know, they, they 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 are ultimately responsible, and you know, they've got to make the call as they see fit. And yeah, you know, it was it, it was you know, as Steffi said, it is what it is, and <laughs> that's that, that, uh, Sometimes in show running, I think you just got to go with the flow, and what what, what presents itself is it, it is what it is. Yeah, and that's what happened on the day.
0: Absolutely, Andrew. Um, taking it, you're going to go back.
2: Definitely, yeah. No, I'm going to go back. I'm going to – yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a beautiful part of the country. Uh, it's a beautiful section of mountains. You know, I'm, I'm sort of familiar more with the uh, traditional Drakensberg, the Underberg area, and for me it was something new just to see such an incredible place. And the Eastern Capers and Lesotho are just incredible people, uh, really, really good part of the country. So I'm going to go back there 100% and hopefully – Take my wife and daughter, and we can make a long weekend of it. So, no, I got no regrets. Uh, I really enjoyed
0: it. Superb, Andrew Mackay. Thank you so much for chatting to us today. Yeah, oh, hard lines that it uh, got cooled off, but well done on making it that far. And as, as by the sounds of it, as comfortable as you did.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, actually, you know, I'm sounding like you know, trail running's weird. I mean, I mean, I could have had a disastrous race. I mean, also a lot comes down to a bit of luck, you know. So sometimes you have a good run, and sometimes you don't. So. Yeah, I oh no, it was it was a hell of a day, and I'm I'm really looking forward to next year.
0: Well, we've chatted uh, extensively about it this week on Trail Talk SA, the Selman Sky Run that was uh, held last weekend, and the conditions were, by all accounts, manic, and got another one of the athletes who uh, was running uh, this past weekend, Natalie Romeo. Welcome onto the show. Thanks for for taking the time to catch up. Thank you. Nedley, tell me a little bit about your experience. Uh, you you did the light last year, went back to to do the the big one this year, and uh, yeah, as we all know, conditions uh, not conducive, and, and the organisers had to make a tough call.
3: Um, yeah, I know the light was was a joke last year compared to what we went through this year. Um, conditions weren't ideal from the word go. I mean, the rain storms were just insane from about one in the morning. Um, but by no means was the race going to called off. I must say, so yeah, with all our checklist on us off we went, and uh, yeah, it was okay for the first two hours, I think it was about after like two or three hours, once we hit the top of the mountain, those Gulf War Twins just hit us, but um, yeah, we pushed on, eh, hey?
0: and um, it was cool, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, Natalie, when the race was called up, oh, called off, you were, you were fourth overall, so I mean, as far as your performance goes, I mean, you must have been pretty chuffed overall for what you did, but you must have been pretty disappointed when you got to the checkpoint and found out that uh, it, it was time to get off the mountain.
3: Honestly, no, not at all. I'm kind of relieved. It was <laughs> freezing. <laughs> I, I think I pretty much made a call already at Avoca thinking, yeah, I don't think I'm actually going to carry on with this. It was just the cold. I was very worried about the cold. and But that's just me as well. I don't do very well in the cold. I just freeze up and, and my fingers like suffer a lot. And the, the brain was shutting down a little bit. Eh? We were getting we a bit stupid out there on the mountain. So I, I had to think about it. Uh, I thought they might actually take us over the wall at least and then perhaps finish us off at the wall trail but no, it was just too hectic with Hilton and both Ian getting pulled off with hypothermia. I was actually kind of relieved. I was scared going into the night and into that cold. Yeah. It wasn't going to get any better.
0: I mean, that's, that's the tough call. I mean, it's one of those things and as, as ultra runners, you know what, you, you do these things because they're tough. That's one of the reasons why, why you do this and, and you want to challenge yourself and see how far you can push your body and mind but there comes a time on the trails where, where you go you know what this is actually starting to get stupid when did you you realize you know what this is this is starting to get a bit out of hand
3: uh, absolutely and that, that's where I was I was thinking well it's just not fun right now and i mean i don't do it for competition um i do it really just for fun for the beauty of it and it was awesome for the 12 hours we were out there, but at some point I thought, this just isn't fun anymore, and I've got, I've, got to be, I've got to make a sober decision, an intelligent decision, and I don't have anything to prove, so we'll go back next year.
0: Yeah, that, that's the funny thing with runners. I mean, you, you know what it's like. I mean, you, you, you end up, it's even like running with an injury, where you go, you know what, it's sore, but you know what, it's okay, we're going to push through, and, and there comes a time where you have to draw the line and go, you know what, this is seriously dangerous, and I could do sort of long-term damage to myself. and. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, someone could have died on that mountain last weekend, and Absolutely. and and it's 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 a tough call to have to make as a race organizer. But you know what? Sometimes these things have to be taken out of the runners' hands because you were saying, you know what, you had had enough. But there there were guys and girls out on the mountain that would have pushed on if they were allowed to, and and it could have could have ended up fatal. No, it's
3: definitely the, words the right decision from from the race organizer's point of view. They were just. Too many people that um, I don't think were prepared for the situation. They didn't have the right tips on them. Um, like I said, their brands were all shutting down. I had a good friend running with me who just completely forgot how to tie her shoelaces. I mean, that just doesn't happen, you know, and she's an experienced runner. So definitely the best call um, and going into that for in night. I mean, if temperatures were minus six at noon, I mean, what the hell was going to happen at nighttime? I, I just couldn't imagine the temperatures dropping even more. It would just be unbearable.
0: Yeah, it's, it's scary. I mean, you, you you spoke about doing the light last year. How did you sort of prepare yourself to, to make the stepper from the light to, to to the full one this year?
3: Oh, that's completely psychological. It's not physical. This run is this is not a trail run. It's not a mountain run, and it's certainly not a physical run. I find it very, very psychological. To go into the night, I mean, I'm not a fast runner, so obviously I'm going to be out there for a good 21, 24 hours. And to go into the night, especially spent some time alone um, yeah it was more psychological for me than physical so I spent a lot more time I actually started doing some meditation of all things just to try and um, push myself through you know, some barriers, psychologically
0: it's, it's amazing you say that because because yeah I mean in my experience as well it is it is a mental thing It's it's, it's more about the six inches between your your ears than the extra 30 40 K that you're going to have to do on on, on the day.
3: Absolutely. And then if you think about it specifically on the, the Skyrun, it's, it's about 60 k to, to like, it's not 65, and you've got about another 43 or 45 thereafter. And if you look at past results, I mean um – even from last year, the guys are doing the second leg. The second leg I'm talking about from Bellach, obviously, to the War trail. They're doing the second leg in about, you know, 85% of the time of the first. And you just think to yourself, but how can that it be? It's only 43 k's. Why is it taking even the most experienced runners, you know, between 18 and 10 hours, for example? It just just messes with your mind. So, And that's through the night. And you, you look at the, the average pace from last year, not pace, average speed from last year. And someone like Langi Kraling was doing, I think, about... I don't want to lie, I don't know the exact figures, but I think it's approximately 4Ks an hour, and you think to myself, geez, but she's like, you know, she's brilliant, she's fast, she's a pro, and, and, and how can we be moving that slowly? And when you're out there, you realize, I mean, you just, you just watch these kilometers tick by so slowly, and you just, the time flies by, it's just unbelievable. You look at your watch, it's one hour, and then next thing, it's six hours later, and you think, like, where did the time go? Yeah.
0: Natalie, I, I mean, you must have, like, thinking about it now, you, you must be disappointed that you didn't get to complete the whole thing. Are you going back in 2014? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. And, and between now and then, I mean, what's next on the cards for you? Did you have anything sort of on the radar, or was this going to be your big one, and then you'll take, take whatever comes after that? Uh,
3: I've entered the Wild Coast Ultra for next year, Feb. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping to do maybe one or two international events next year. Okay. But um, otherwise,
0: I haven't even thought about it. If I could, I would have something lined up every month. You—you uh, <laughs> <you're> that addicted? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Anything that keeps me sane coming from Joburg. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, I mean, a lot of lot of guys and girls like in the Western Cape, and we chat to lots of them, and they talk about how awesome the trails are down there. You're joburg based. I mean, where's your your favourite places to run up in Gauteng? Sure. I'm thinking about it now.
3: Um, I actually. So really enjoy, look, we don't, we aren't just spoiled for guys down there. It's just, oh, they are so, so blessed with the trail. It's unbelievable. Um unfortunately I just can't move my career down there, but, uh, yeah. Up here I love running henna. I think it's, it's quite pretty, Um and also, uhm, underutilized, but not a lot of people are running there. It's lovely. Uh, I like King's Cliff. Um, oh, I can't think of anyone's right now. yeah.
0: Right, cool.
3: Yeah. And obviously, I try and do as many races as possible. So all of the smaller races in and around Joburg and Pretoria, then I just try and do those on the weekends. Otherwise, you just don't pick up enough twelve
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I mean, even living in Joburg or Pretoria, there are lots of places. You just need to find them. And, and I think we, we probably need to look at, at, at a few more here on the show as well, just to get get word out there that there are places in, in and around Joburg that are, are cool to run.
3: Absolutely. But I mean, I also travel a hell of a lot. So... So for example, um, you know, I I go to the races, I don't wait for them to come to me. So in October I went off to do the Hobbits in September I went to do the Skyrun training camp, then I went to do the Wild Run. Um, November I went back to Lady Grade to do, do the sky run. So I, I I go to the races, I'm going to find them. Hey, I just did three peaks in Cape Town two weeks ago, which was unbelievable. I highly recommend that for everyone. So yeah, you you go find the races.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Natalie, it's been awesome catching up. Uh congrats on, on your fourth last week and uh, Hotlines have not been able to, to finish the thing off, but look forward to hearing how 2014 goes. Brilliant. It sounds like it was an epic, epic weekend, uh, the Skyrun 2013. Let's hope it's, uh, the conditions are slightly better in 2014. But by all accounts, very, very well handled, tough situation to have to be in. Uh, but, yeah, well done to the organizers once again in handling it as well as they did. Everyone getting off the mountain in one piece, which is great news. Something else that's great news, uh, yeah, I'm just putting it out there. It's something that I'm doing through one of the other podcasts that I run, Run Talk Essay. And you may or may not know my sort of journey into trail running. In 2009, I weighed 165 kgs and I made the decision that I wanted to run Comrades. I set the goal, I lost 50 kgs, and in 2011, I finished my first one. That's the very abridged version, but uh, I get tons of emails every single week from people asking me how I did it, and how did I get started, and avoid injury, and all of that sort of thing. So what I've decided to do is put a webinar together to talk people through exactly what I did and how I did it, okay? So uh, if you know someone, and we all got a mate who would love to start running, but uh, they always, it's an excuse, and they can't do this, and they can't do that, but uh, they'd love to do it, and they don't know where to start, this webinar is exactly for them, so... If you think of someone, and we all have one, let's be honest, we all have a mate who, who would love to start running but not quite sure where to start. Please send them the details for this. What I'll do is I'll pop the link up in the show notes for this episode of Trail Talk SA. Uh, All you need to do is go to trailtalksa.co.za forward slash 16 and then the link is there. Just forward that link on if you wouldn't mind to people you know. Perhaps you want to start running, I don't know. Uh, And then check out the webinar. It's happening next week, Tuesday the 26th of November at 7 p.m. And yeah, it'll be 20 minutes, a real quick one. I'll talk a bit about my journey, how I got started and then, yeah, some really, really good actionable tips on how someone else can get going in running and avoid injury when they first start. So. Looking forward to to maybe sharing a bit of inspiration. And if you could help me spread the word on that, I'd really appreciate it too. So that's about it for this week. If you want to tweet us, as always, it is at TrailtalkSA. You can pop us an email, podcast at trailtalksa.coza, or like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash TrailtalkSA. From myself, Brad Brown, until next week, have yourself a good one, and we'll chat soon. Cheers.